Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today we're going to talk about storytelling and how sometimes telling our story isn't always the best way towards our healing. Um, And this comes up from a seminar which I shared in the previous episode um, from the Mental Health Academy. And this is uh, a seminar that was taught by Susie Reese about lived experiences and storytelling that does no harm. And in it, she says that sometimes when we tell our story, especially our traumatic story, um, we feel the pressure to live up to that story. And I can relate to that because, you know, having a suicide prevention podcast and a master's in counseling psychology, I feel a pressure to be the person who is always talking about mental health, always talking about suicide prevention. And sometimes I just want to talk about the Bears game. Sometimes I want to talk about uh, the hangnail that I have or the nose hairs that I need to pluck out, right? Um, There's a pressure that can be felt to live up to our trauma. And I think that's part of the reason why some people don't even want to share their trauma because there's nothing worse than you share your trauma, your story, the, the experience that you've had, and then the person that you shared it with always brings it up every time they see you hey how are you dealing with that blah 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 hey how are you coping with the such and such hey are you still going through the blah 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 and it's like i told you that five years ago five years ago i am still here i'm still alive i'm still thriving i appreciate the check-in but it doesn't need to be every time we have a conversation And so I can understand why people don't want to share. And there are people who have reported that, you know, going to group therapy and sharing their stories has been more traumatizing for them because they just keep opening up that same wound and it's not being healed. So it's just ripping it open and then there's no um, way of, of, of healing it. And so Susie talks about, like, are we sharing stories of trauma or are we, are we sharing a narrative of healing? And, and I, I think there's a way to do that. Um, and when I do talk about my stories of you know, suicide ide- ideations and calling 988 and my stories of trauma, I, I there's three parts to my story. I talk about the... Um, the the ideations and the wanting to end my life. That's the first part. And, you know, where that all started. And I talk about how at nine years old, I told my mom when I was 40, I was going to end my life. And part of that was because I felt like a burden to my mom. Uh, I felt like she would have a much better life without us, that she'd be balling out of control, you know, living a, living in Bali, traveling the world, I have a, a, a bigger house, more money, no financial concerns. I felt like we were holding her back from an awesome lived experience. 
and I don't know where that came from, to be honest. But that that was just my. And then the second part of my story, I talk about um, the some of the traumas I experienced, the pain of abandonment, and the, some of the betrayals, and and the hurt, and the you know this and that. But then the third part of my story is the recognizing that even with through all that pain, through all the trauma, the abandonment, the the numbers of connections I've made, the belongingness, the people who loved me and supported me and were there for me and who accepted me and acknowledged me in, in so many different ways throughout my life. Who, uh, who people who set very clear boundaries and and had a very uh, loving nature towards me that was very healthy and um, adaptive, and I, so I think that a lot of times we spend we can spend too much time on the first two parts of our narrative and never really get to the third part, right? We never really get to the the moments of joy, connection, nurturance, kindness. You know, I saw a bumper sticker uh, a few months ago that said, I hope something good happens to you. And you know what? Because I saw that bumper sticker early in the morning, I found myself looking for the good things that were going to happen to me. And so he primed my mind. So when we are telling our stories, to be mindful of how are we priming our mind and how are we priming other people? Because if we are tired of people always meeting us or talking to us through our traumas and our pains, we have to ask ourselves, Am I always leading with my trauma and my pain? Am I always looking for pain points? Am I always sharing my grievances? Or am I sharing also my gratitudes and the things I'm, I'm thankful for and what I appreciate? Am I acknowledging all the ways in which kindness has been extended to me and a helping hand and those moments that people have called me out of the blue and and the pleasant surprises of of bonding and feelings of belongingness that I've had and those moments where I did feel useful and purposeful am I am I acknowledging that am I sharing those moments you know when I look at my journal what am I writing down and that's it's a part of the reason why in my journal you know, I make it a point every day of, and, and always change up, you know, how I journal. Um, so if you listen to old episodes, um, I don't want you to be like, oh, he said he used, he said he used to blah, blah, blah. Listen, I've been doing this podcast for years now. So uh, your boy Leo Flowers is growing and changing and exploring and experimenting as, as we all should, right? Uh, so right now what I'm playing with is I write down the four G's in the morning. I write down what my ghosts are, and that's what I call my dreams. To me, the, the dream state is where the, the the ghosts of future, past, present, and future come into play, 
and they try to tell me something. And sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. with ruminating over something, to me that's another ghost of, of something, someone trying to speak to me and tell me something that's really bothering me. So I, I listen to my ghosts. I think we think of ghosts as being negative, but for me, the, the ghosts can be however I use them. You know, they, they're there to, because remember, ghosts aren't physical, by the way, right? So I, I think of my dream states as a, as a time for the ghosts to come in and talk to me and share with me what they've seen. Because here's what's great about ghosts, if you haven't thought about this. They can go through walls. So they can they can see and hear things that you can't. They're like an extra pair of eyes and ears for you. Oh, man, that's such a beautiful way of thinking about ghosts. So going back to this idea of making sure that our the story that we're telling ourselves and telling other people is not doing more harm than healing. And the way to know that is to ask yourself, according to Susie Reese, ask ourselves, do we feel drained after we tell our story? Do we feel rewarded, right? Do we feel expanded or do we feel contracted? And sometimes you are going to feel drained because maybe you've had to tell the story two or three times or maybe you're just tired that day. There are different reasons why we can feel drained after telling our story. But if we start to feel too drained over a long period of time, then we may need to step back or rewrite our story or add more to the story. Maybe there are the parts of our story that we're missing out on. I believe the key ingredient in telling our story in a way that is healing also includes how we take care of ourselves after we tell the story. According to Susie Reese, it's about making sure that we have set up a safe place, a nurturing place, a loving place that will re-energize us. For me, it's if I tell a story, you know, like after this podcast, to, to open up to you and to be vulnerable with you, this takes energy. This takes time and psychological and emotional and physical energy. And so I have to be mindful that I find a healthy way to take care of myself after, whether that's going for a walk or drinking a glass of water or journaling or calling a friend and saying, just checking in on them and seeing how they're doing it or calling my mom. But making sure that if you are going to group therapy or you are going to therapy where you are exposing yourself and you're opening yourself up, that you have a way of taking care of yourself that's that's in your power and that's a healthy way of doing it because otherwise we can get into that fight flight or freeze where our anxiety becomes high our emotional our emotions become too intense and we don't know what to do with it so then we we veer off into food drugs sex alcohol or some type of maladaptive behavior or we just go to scrolling on our phone right and those really aren't ways to nurture ourselves. So find a healthy way. When you know that you're going to open up and share your story, find a healthy way that uh, to share your story where you feel safe while being honest. Um, and ask yourself if, it's, if you feel like it's too much to open up, is the reward greater than the cost of sharing? Right? Just because it's a, it's a story and people want to hear it 
doesn't mean that you have to share it. Because we do live in this economy, you know, Susie talks about how our story becomes a product where other organizations, groups, people go, hey, uh, oh, oh, Lee, we have a suicide prevention podcast. Can you come and talk uh, to our organization about suicide prevention and tell your story? Which is awesome because, right, I started this podcast because I recognize that other people are having these same ideas and thoughts and struggling to navigate it and maybe not have access to a therapist. And I thought this is a, a nice, free, easy, simple, efficient way of getting information and connection and, and building a community with other people. However, my energy is primarily limited to this podcast and to the coaching of my clients. Outside of that, Leo Flowers needs me time. I need I time. I you know to go to the movies, to go to the farmers market, to go work out, to to travel and and check out museums. We, we just um, had a beautiful two day stay. Um, we drove up to L.A. with some friends and Airbnb. It was us and um, six other people, and that was wonderful. So be honest and be aware that you only have so much energy and although other people might it might benefit from hearing your story make sure it's not at the cost of you right make sure that there's and if you do do it do it in a way that you'll feel supported afterwards put up some guardrails Susie Reese then goes on to share a quote by Brianna Weist who I've never heard of but I'm becoming quite fond of her. I went down a Brianna Weist quote rabbit hole. Uh, but here's the quote that Susie shared from Brianna. Quote, I thought becoming myself was improving each part piece by piece, but it was finding a hidden wholeness, seeing the fractures as the design. End quote. And I bring this up because a lot of times we try to or at least I try to. I've noticed that I'm like, what is my life about? Who am I? What do I need to do? And, you know, there are these different, I'm trying to fix me. I got to be better. And I just say, I got to be better. And not, and, and I don't recognize that it is the pieces of me that when they are together do create a wholeness it's, it's the design of who I am. And this doesn't mean that we don't work to improve part of ourselves, to you know, improve our verbal fluency or our memory, or we don't take guitar lessons or work on our mobility. That's, that's not what she's saying. It's that sometimes we get so caught up in looking at and trying to fix this one part of ourselves that we hate you know, like sometimes I'll look in the mirror in the morning and I'll, I'll be like, oh, my God, Leo, you're like, you, you got a couple pounds on you, buddy. Like your face looks all round and swollen and, you know, your posture. Like I'm just nitpicking. I'm grabbing these parts of myself and berating them. However, I found that if I can look at myself long enough, I stop seeing the parts of me. And I start seeing the whole of me. 
I start to see not just myself. I see, I see my, my body, my essence, my character. When I look in my eyes, I recognize I'm not just looking in my eyes. I'm looking in my eyes and my father's eyes and my grandfather's eyes and my great grandfather's eyes and all of the the men who have come before me I'm, I'm i'm looking out through their eyes they are also a piece of me so when i start to berate the pieces of me i'm actually ch- berating and chipping away at the pieces of the generations before me and regardless of of what you think of of the people who come before you it's a recognition that who we are is the sum of all those who've come before us on our mother's side, on our father's side, uh, the histories and cultures and experiences that they've had, they have all led up to us in this present moment. When we think about wholeness, it expands way beyond our physical being. It, It expands and reaches out through generations into the cosmos and the stars. Okay, all right, I'm getting to. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. And so I love that quote, and I'll, I'll read it one more time. Uh, quote, I thought becoming myself was improving each part piece by piece, but it was finding a hidden wholeness, seeing the fractures as the design. Brianna Weiss. And going back to this idea of looking in the mirror and only seeing the pieces of myself, and then when I look long enough, I start to see my the, 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 my wholeness, my my totality. And when you go out to a desert, they call it desert eyes, because most people, when we go out to the desert, we just see all this brown, just a dookie brown. It's unsightly. It's all one color. However, if we stay in a desert for two days, three days, four days, we actually start to pick up on the nuances, the different shades of brown. We start to notice the different shades of green from the cacti and the, and the few leaves. We start to notice how the light hits the rocks and changes their shade and gradient. And we start to see the textures of the desert from the pebbles to the stones to the rocks to the sand. We start to feel the breeze and and notice the patterns of the birds and the insects and the life that does live in the desert, that it's not so dead after all, that it's teeming with this vibrancy on another level that our eyes haven't quite become attuned to but take time. And so same with ourselves. It's okay if you wake up and you you hate yourself and you're beating yourself up, fine. But stay long enough with yourself. Sit long enough with yourself to notice the parts of you that you love, that you care about, that you cherish. Stay Sit long enough with yourself to, to remember the parts of your experiences that you do want to savor and let it nourish you. Allow yourself to become washed over with awe and wonder 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. If you found any value in this episode, please share it with one other person, a friend, an enemy, anyone who you think would be like, I think we could have a conversation about this. I think we can have a conversation about the parts of ourselves that we kind of nitpick and then the parts of ourselves that we love and how connected we are. And maybe a discussion about how are we telling our stories about our life? Is it in a way that is harming us or is it in a way that's healing us? And if it's not healing us, how do we rewrite that? The more we share, the more we can connect, and the more connected we are, then the more community we feel. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can call, chat, text, and you can go to Thrive with Leo dot com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly let's get to tomorrow together <laughs>